And welcome to episode 57 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us once again on today's episode. Sam Darnold is seeing ghosts against the Patriots. And the Patriots make a big trade. And then the NBA is back at the battle for LA tonight. The Clippers and the Lakers. The World Series kicks off tonight. And then Michael Jordan doesn't think Steph Curry belongs in the Hall of Fame just yet. We've got topics on topics, takes on takes here on episode 57 of the Get More Sports Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast these days. And then head to YouTube and watch all of today's clips right over on YouTube. And give me all your takes on all of today's topics right down below in the comment section. So we've got tons to get into today. So let's get right into it. Are you ready? Let's get it on. And today we're going to start with the Patriots and the Jets. The Patriots embarrassed the Jets last night. 33-0 on Monday Night Football. That wasn't an hour of football. That was an hour of bullying from the Patriots to the Jets. It was an ugly game. One of the worst quarterback performances I have seen. One of the worst quarterback performances in recent memory. And all the talk was about how Sam Darnold said that he was seeing ghosts out there. Seeing ghosts. Seeing ghosts. Seeing ghosts. Seeing ghosts. Now, in Sam Darnold's defense, when New England brings that cover zero blitz, you got to get the ball out. And I don't think I've ever seen that many untouched blitzers in my life. They were in his grill all night long. He's out there looking like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, looking for ghosts in that secondary. There wasn't just 11 Patriots on defense. It was like they had 1,100 Patriots on defense. And he was throwing interceptions all night long. Was not stepping into his throws. A lot of lazy throws. And Sam Darnold finished the night going 11 of 32 for 86 yards, four interceptions, lost a fumble. Three of those interceptions came under pressure, and he had a QB rating of 3.6. A disaster for Darnold last night. He was out there throwing it to Monte Teo's girlfriend, and he was (laughs) throwing it goes. He just had him. The best receiver last night for the Jets was the Patriots secondary. Stephon Gilmore got a pick. Harmon, Devin McCourty got a pick. Terrence Brooks got a pick. Those were the ghosts that he was seeing, and Sam Darnold, to his credit, Owned up to the seeing goes comment. Talked about it right after the game. Yeah, you know, I think I think for me, I just gotta, you know, just uh, when I when I talk to the coaches, I just gotta be, you know, straight up. And you know, for me, um, I just gotta see the field a lot better. That's kind of what that means. And um, you know, just it was it was a rough day out there, rough night out there. And obviously, I gotta be better and learn from the mistakes. Uh, but we, we will get better. We didn't stay ahead of the chains. You know, we, we caught ourselves in too many third and longs. And whenever that happens, uh, you know, they're going to bring it and, and put their guys, their guys covering our receivers 10 yards deep. And for me, I just got to spit the ball out and, and get forecast that I felt like you was seeing goes up. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, man. That's the boogie man. It's real. <laughs> that's that's crazy goes. for him to say that. It just. That makes it real, you know what I'm saying? And then head coach Adam Gaze, who did nothing to help Sam Darnold all night long, he talked about the abysmal performance last night by the New York Jets. Obviously, that was brutal. We just didn't didn't do anything right. 
all three phases, we were bad. It was just bad performance. Can't play that play that way against these guys unless it'll look like that, and it's not good. And yes, yeah, Sam Darnold, after a great performance against the Dallas Cowboys the week prior, his night was miserable, and he was not helped by his quarterback's coach, by his head coach. His struggles last night were compounded by the fact that they couldn't make it easy for him. He had no check downs to go to. No one was open. The pressure, the schemes, they had no answers for the Patriots. And Adam Gates needs to get his walking papers from the New York Jets. Fine, you can do it at the end of the season. But he just does not have this locker room. They're already checked out. And Sam Darnold, the same issues resurface with Sam Darnold. He's very turnover prone. Does not protect the football well. Does not have great instincts when it comes to just chucking it up there and throwing up interceptions. Look, Sam Darnold needs a new head coach. Sam Darnold doesn't need Adam Gaze. Sam Darnold needs... Hey, it's almost Halloween. You know we had to hit you with some Ghostbusters, but Sam Darnold, you're going to be fine. It was not the worst performance in the history of the NFL. Definitely could be in the conversation, maybe top 10 for a regular season game, but the worst performance will always be held by Ty Detmer. Ty Detmer, the Detroit Lions back on September 23rd, 2001. He threw a record-tying seven interceptions Five in the second half, and there should have been eight, but it was called back on a defensive penalty. So don't worry, Sam Darnold. Last night, that wasn't the worst of all time, and that came against one of the best defenses that we've seen. Ty Detmer was against the lowly Brown. So look, the Jets need a new head coach, and Sam Darnold probably needs a new nightlight after what he saw last night. And we've got some NFL trades to discuss. The first one involving the New England Patriots. So the New England Patriots, a team that's undefeated, a team with the best defense in the NFL, is looking to bolster that offense. The Patriots, they traded for Mohamed Sanu of the Atlanta Falcons, and it's a big move for this New England team that's looking to add more playmakers on that side of the ball. And yes, this Patriots team has been impressive. If you look at it, they've outscored their opponents by 175 points this season. That's the second biggest point differential through seven games in NFL history, trailing only the 1920 Buffalo All-Americans who outscored their opponents with a plus 218 differential. And it's better than the 85 Bears, the 2000 Ravens, and everyone but the 1920 All-Americans. But if you look at it, the combined record of those teams is 9-27. So this is where the Patriots understand that, yes, we've been dominant so far, but they've got some holes on offense, and Mohamed Sanu can fill one of those holes. Now, Adam Schefter reported the details of the trade. The Falcons sent wide receiver Mohamed Sanu to the New England Patriots in exchange for a second-round pick, league sources tell ESPN. So the question is, is that too high for Mohamed Sanu? And I say absolutely not. They needed a wide receiver that does the things that he does he can go inside, he can go outside, 
Also, you have to remember, Edelman is 33, so a reduced workload could do wonders for Edelman. Look, Julian Edelman's already 33 years old, gets banged up. It'd be great to keep him fresh if you're the Patriots for that postseason run. But Sanu checks off every box for Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, and the New England Patriots. High IQ, he's physical, he can play inside, he can play outside, does not drop the football. And then also, you know Belichick, he loves him some Rutgers football players. Players. And then also he's a great blocker, a great locker room guy, and he's going to bring that physical presence. And then also, yes, they do have Josh Gordon, but Josh Gordon, as great as he is, can get hit with that injury bug, is not always 100%. And with Sanu, they've got another dependable receiver, and I really just love this move. Now, second round, the second round, you can get great value in the second round. The second round pick is not cheap. And then also, that's where they got Rob Gronkowski and Jamie Collins. They were both second-round picks. So Belichick knows how to draft in that second round, but they needed this. It was a no-brainer move, and it's a move that you might have expected Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan of the San Francisco 49ers to make because he was in Atlanta, he was their coordinator, and then San Francisco needs wide receiver help themselves, and they did just that today. They're trading for Emmanuel Sanders of the Denver Broncos. So San Francisco they're sending a third and fourth round 2020 pick to Denver who's also including a 2020 fifth round pick with Sanders in the deal so they get a fifth back and Sanders and instantly he becomes the most experienced receiver on the San Francisco 49ers 10 years in the league two Pro Bowls this year he's got 30 catches for 367 yards and two touchdowns now last year yes he had that Achilles injury but he's recovered very well from that and San Francisco Francisco apparently was interested in Sanu. They settled for Sanders, but they definitely needed that. So the two undefeated teams, the Niners and the Patriots, both get receiver help today. I like Sanu over Sanders, but I want to see Sanders with Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan hasn't gotten this 49ers offense clicky on all cylinders. You add Sanders, you start to do it. I love the move for both teams. I'll give the Sanders move a B. I'll give the Sanu move an A for the Patriots. And the World Series kicks off tonight in Houston. The Nationals, Astros going at it. You got Garrett Cole, the most dominating pitcher this postseason, going against one of the most dominating pitchers of this generation in the three-time Cy Young Award winner, Max Scherzer. Now, everyone's going with the Strohs. People think, hey, the ALCS, that was the World Series, right? This Nationals team doesn't have a chance against the mighty Astros, right? Not so fast. I think this Nationals team has more than a puncher's chance. I'm going to tell you why in just a second. But first, let's listen to the managers, first starting with A.J. Hinch, talking about the World Series leading up to Game 1. Yeah, I'm the last person that's going to tell you it's easier to face Scherzer and Strasburg in the first couple games and just because they're traditional pitchers. You know, I we're, we're at the point of the season where these are elite teams. We, we went through Tampa, uh, incredible team. The Yankees, incredible team. Uh, now we have the Nats, incredible team. So I, these pitchers are all really good. How they deploy their their guys is um, it is what it is. I mean, I think when um, we'll see how much easier, quote unquote, easier it is to face a guy a second and third time. But with the type of pitching that we're going to face out of the rotation with the Nats, 
Um, I'm not sure you can use the word easier. If you sit back and kind of wait for the bullpen or wait for them to make a decision, you'll you'll look at Strasburg and, and, and Scherzer throwing 120, 130 pitches, and, and you'll be too deep in the game to, to make up a difference. Those guys getting you know, 21, 24, 27 outs is, is, a, is a real possibility for them, and, and that makes it tough. So you can hear from A.J. Hinch. He respects this national starting staff. It's not just Max Scherzer. It's Steven Strasburg. To me, Steven Strasburg is going to outpitch Garrett Cole in this series. If you look at Steven Strasburg, he's got a career postseason ERA of 1-1-0. You saw what he did in Game 2 against the Dodgers. I think this is the series where he makes his mark. Remember, he's another guy that can opt out and become a free agent. He's a lot to gain on this stage. I think Steven Strasburg, I think he brings his best stuff. I think game two, he lights out. I think the Nationals are going to get one in Houston, and that is going to make it very, very interesting. Here's Davey Martinez about his team leading up to the World Series. I didn't think we were going to be able to do anything. Uh, the boys came out. We practiced in the rain. We had a sim game in the rain. The weather was cold. They were all into it. Uh, Sanchi threw, a couple of our bullpen guys threw the hitters, and uh, we had a great time. So they're, they're all in. They're ready. I mean, uh, we, you know, these guys are excited to be here, and um, let's, let's go have some fun. Now, the Yankees didn't do the Nationals any favors. If the Yankees were able to get Game 6, then they would have had to use Cole in Game 7. Now they have to face Cole in Game 1. Now, to me... Cole, how much longer can he be this dominant? If you look at Garrett Cole, he has one earned run in 22 and two-thirds innings, a .4 ERA. And if you look at it, this is an all-time run for Garrett Cole. But I think eventually he can't, he's going to have a game where he looks human. I think it's going to be game one tonight. I think the Nationals will put up some runs. No pressure on the Nationals. Yes, it's the World Series, but they're facing the mighty Astros. I think you're going to see guys like Rendon, like Soto. I think they're going to make their mark early on in the series. And I think that I like the Nationals tonight in game one going against the Houston Astros. I also like the way that they're going to use their bullpen, the way they're going to use their starters. Dave Martinez talked about his mentality and his approach in every single game this series. I mean, if we, look, we're, like, we're going to play every game to go 1-0, oh, as, as I talked about all year long. Um, so with that being said, um, if there's a situation that we feel like a starter could benefit on us capitalizing and winning a game, then uh, so be it. But um, there's seven games, so we got to be very careful of how we do things. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if Garrett Cole pitched great all series long. He hasn't lost a game since May 22nd. If you look at Garrett Cole this year, it's an all-time season. He struck out 326 batters and 212 and a third innings, and I think he's going to have a great series. But what I would be surprised is if Justin Verlander dominated this series because I think that is where they're vulnerable. If you look at Verlander versus Strasburg and Scherzer versus Cole, I think if I had to pick two out of that mix, I would go Scherzer and Strasburg over Cole and Verlander because Verlander, he gave a four-run first inning against the Tampa Bay Rays, and then he got rocked a little bit by the New York Yankees. So he hasn't had his best stuff in the last couple weeks. I think this lineup of the Washington Nationals will get some hits, 
get some runs off of Verlander. And then it comes down to Corbin versus Granky. Give me Corbin versus Granky. Granky almost got knocked out in that first inning when they load the bases on. The Yankees couldn't capitalize. I think Granky's vulnerable. I think it remains to be seen if he can get his best stuff going, if he can be nails on this stage. So I like the Nationals. Give me the Washington Nationals in six games. It's going to be the shock the world. I told you the Raptors were going to beat the Warriors. I got the Nationals beating the Houston Astros in six games in the World Series. And get excited, folks. The NBA is finally back. One of the most anticipated seasons in recent memory. Kicks off tonight. You got the Pelicans. No Zion Williamson. You know his knee. He's out six to eight weeks. But you got the Pelicans and the Raptors. And then you got the battle for L.A. between the Lakers and the Clippers. No Paul George in that one. But you got Kawhi versus LeBron and AD's first game as a Laker. But the topic today is about Michael Jordan versus Steph Curry. That's what's getting all the headlines right now in the NBA world because Michael Jordan dropped a bomb when he was on the Today Show saying that Steph Curry is not a Hall of Famer just yet. Magic Johnson, Scottie Pippen, and James Worthy. That was six years ago. Lots happened in the league in six years. Would you keep the same four? In a heartbeat. When I'm going in the trenches, I played against and with all these guys. I'm going with who I know. Every single night, that responsibility to go out there and represent greatness every single night. So Steph Curry shouldn't be offended when he watches this. I hope not. He's still a great player. Not a Hall of Famer yet, though. Not a Hall of Famer yet, though. Not a Hall of Famer yet, though. Now, I don't know if we need some further clarification on this. Does Michael Jordan mean that not yet, as in it's going to be a formality, it's just a matter of time because he's still in the league, or is he not worthy of being a Hall of Famer? Well, Michael Jordan, I've got news for you. Steph Curry has more career points than 88 players currently in the Hall of Fame right now. He revolutionized the game. 400 or more three-pointers twice. The best shooter that the game has ever seen. He has a one-way ticket into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. And look, Michael Jordan, I don't get this upset unless people tell me that Michael Jordan is not the GOAT. Because, Michael Jordan, I don't know if you're still upset that you lost Campbell Walker or that your Charlotte Hornets are not very relevant, are not going to win in the near future, or what it is. But you owe Steph Curry an apology if you were trying to say that he was not eligible to be in the Hall of Fame. I am the biggest MJ stan there is. Just go back to episode 23 of the Get More Sports podcast. I gave you 23 reasons why MJ is and always will be the GOAT. Man, I've defended MJ at bars at late night. Wherever it is, man, don't even get me started with MJ is the GOAT. I mean, I've even backed up his baggy suits. People like to talk about his fashion game. But, hey, if he said that he wasn't eligible, I have an issue with it. I'm hoping it was just taken out of context and that he just means yet, as in yet, meaning literally he's not in yet. But, hey, either way, Steph Curry is a great. Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time. And I'm just happy the NBA is back tonight. 
And that is going to do it for episode 57 of the Get More Sports Podcast. As always, my name is Doug McCain. Don't forget to follow me at DMAC underscore LA and head over to YouTube. Watch all of today's takes over on YouTube. Give me all your comments down below in the comment section. Subscribe, rate, review to the podcast wherever you get your podcast these days. Have a great rest of your week. See you guys Wednesday, and I'm out.